to verse 8. One of the things I have learned in uh, both books of Timothy is the tremendous responsibility that was placed upon Timothy uh, serving the Lord at Ephesus. A massive responsibility. And it reminds us everyone who teaches the word of God, all brothers who teach the word of God, it is a great responsibility teaching the word of God teaching the truth of God. And for that, anyone who stands up here needs grace to deliver the Lord's word. Anyway, let's read together. Chapter 3, verse 10. It's Paul's word to Timothy, verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, Faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So, Paul is saying to Timothy, 
thou hast fully known my doctrine. Very familiar with the, the work of Paul, the teachings of Paul, and he's followed Paul quite closely. In fact, Paul was an amazing mentor to Timothy, called him his only son in the faith. So he was mentoring him. Mentoring is very important, isn't it? Someone who mentors you is somebody who's wise, can be trusted, an advisor, and will guide you. Mentors are good, aren't they? In the ambulance service, when we have new paramedics coming out of college, they've got all the knowledge up here, but they haven't got all the experience. So what they used to do was put a new paramedic with an experienced paramedic for a few months just to bed them in. Because we always had a standing joke, those of us who were more experienced, that go to road traffic accidents and say, we need some help. And we just look back at them and say, you are the help. There's no one else at the moment. <laughs> and that's scary for them, isn't it? So we do need mentors. And Paul was a great mentor. Yes. And it's nice when we have young Christians. It's nice to see young Christians this morning. It's lovely to see young people with Bibles in hands following the truth and following the Lord Jesus Christ. That's very encouraging, don't you think, in these days in which we live. Aye. So Paul was talking about all these things, his manner of life, his aims in life. And the ESV says, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, and my steadfastness. So what was the aim, the main aim of Paul's life? Right from the day when he saw the Christ in the glory, he uttered that prayer, and he, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said of him, I am going to tell you what great things you must suffer for my namesake. So at the beginning of his ministry, he already knew he was in for big trouble along the way and he was going to get a lot of persecution, which he did. You can read 2 Corinthians 11, where he gives a big long list of all the things that happened to him and all the sufferings that he went through in the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. But his aim was to glorify God. His aim was to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was the man who actually finished the work of God. And we have the complete Old and New Testament. And later on, as we look at his last words, we've got the last words of Paul here. For he was about to be martyred. And the last words of people are very important, aren't they, really? We have the last words of our Lord Jesus Christ in the, the upper room ministry, it's called, isn't it? All these were the last words of Jesus to his disciples. They were encouraging words. And even though he was knowing all that was coming to him, ahead of him, there he was encouraging his disciples and speaking of them when he's gone that he's going to come back one day and take them all to be with himself. Wonderful saviour is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And Timothy, he knew the pattern of Paul's life. He knew it. And he would want to imitate it. Now we know the pattern of our Lord Jesus Christ's life, don't we? We've got it there for us in the Bible. What was his aim in life? He came into the world to glorify the Father. He came into the world to finish the work which the Father had given him to do. And he knew that finished work would involve the advanced, you know, deep sufferings of his soul to accomplish that. And it's very important, folks, that we finish things. Yes? God is a finisher. He likes things finished. Yeah, those of us who work in places, we get have to go through these things like Myra Briggs, where they ask you all sorts of questions and, and analyze your character and how good you are at certain things, yes? And one of them is a completer finisher. That's a very good one, yes? In our organization, we could all recognize the ones who weren't a completer finisher. You give them a task to do, they wouldn't finish it. It ends up with someone else taking it over and finishing it for them. So it's much more important that we are completer and finisher in following the Lord and what the Lord has given us to do. Jesus said, didn't he, on the cross, it is finished. His last word, accomplished. All to the glory of God. He was an example to us of love, an example to us of compassion, of long-suffering. We are called disciples. And when I, when I mention that word disciples now, I'm thinking of my brother Len, because he'd always say, his first word that would come out of his mouth, he would say, don't get your conversion confused with your discipleship. Yes, you are saved, but your discipleship might not be what it should be. Now, a disciple simply means a learner. You're learning. And the disciples were learning from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the word means. And we are caught, the disciples, particularly for the Apostle Paul and, and all the other apostles, they were disciples which really did left all, forsook all, and followed him. Yes. We're in the fishing industry. Jesus just come along and said, leave that, you follow me. And they says they forsook all and followed him. And they were with him for three years as his disciples, and they learned lots of things from him. So a disciple is a pupil. You're learning. It also means you're an adherent to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you seek to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ in your walk with him. As the epistle says, we're, we're an epistle of Christ, read of all men. We're a letter of Christ. There was 
women who were disciples as well, yes. Women are disciples, the same as men. And one of them was Dorcas. She was disciple, is mentioned. There were some secret disciples. Joseph of Marathia was a secret disciple. He believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, but he kept it all secret. But when the day came when Christ was crucified, he was no longer a secret disciple. He came out into the open. He went to Pilate and he begged earnestly for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ to take him down from the cross. He went and bought fine linen to wrap the Lord in and he gave him his own tomb. So, and he was now bold and courageous. Everybody would have known that. He's at the cross taking the Lord Jesus Christ down and doing these things. The rest of the Jews would have known, ah, he is a follower of Jesus. Yeah. It says here, yeah, all of us might have to suffer persecution if we live godly. And I, I remember the old brethren used to say, if you're not getting persecuted, you're not putting your flag high enough <laughs> yeah. for someone to persecute you. But having said that, in other countries, there's lots of people who are getting persecuted. Yeah, seriously persecuted to death. And they are martyrs and they follow Christ unto the end. In this country, for instance, we might get some ridicule, but we don't get really hard persecution against us. We're not getting put in prison for preaching the gospel, which is good. It's fine, yes. <laughs> but persecution might come in future days. So, Paul says about his persecutions and afflictions in his missionary journeys, Iconium, Antioch, Lystra, what persecutions I endured and the Lord delivered me from them all. And all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But he says, evil men and seducers will whack worse and worse, de deceiving and being deceived. Now we do live in these last days, don't we? And we're all in really last 20 years. There's been an absolute massive change, isn't there, in the last 20 years of attitudes towards God, towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And things are getting worse and worse and worse. And we can see that quite clearly uh, and that should motivate us shouldn't it that should motivate us to carry on with what we're doing carry on with preaching the gospel and for people to get saved he says to Timothy but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of it's important we continue in the things we've been learning knowing of whom thou have learned them from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. This is the Old Testament, yes? Timothy, as a as child, he was reading the Old Testament. And he had very good mentors. He had his, his mother and his grandmother who were mentoring him in the things of the Lord. And that another thing is absolutely wonderful, isn't it? It's nice to see Christian parents with their children bringing them up 
to know the Lord. That is wonderful. And what a good foundation they've got already, these children with godly parents. It's a good start, isn't it? I didn't have any godly parents. But the Lord got me anyway, so that was <laughs> I was happy with that. <laughs> and the scripture is one of our resources, isn't it? This book is our resource. It's a fantastic book, isn't it? Many just read the New Testament. Please don't just read the New Testament. Read the Old and the New Testament all combined. It is a wonderful resource that we have. And it's a powerful book. It has a powerful message, powerful word. All scripture is God-breathed. Yes. And God used men. He spoke through men, but it's God-breathed. They work, were working out their own things and adding things to what God was telling them. It was God-breathed right through. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction. Just ask yourself the question, when was the last time you read the Bible and it gave you a reproof or a correction or a conviction? Because it does that as well. It's for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now this expression, man of God, we can also have women of God as well. It's not just men. It's women of God. Uh, and the man of God, it's not used as an official designation or denoting a special class of believers, yes? There's not a few we would call, you're a man of God, the rest of us, we're just seeking to follow as best we can. It doesn't mean that. It specifies every believer should be namely a person whose life and conduct represents the mind of God and to fulfill his will. So it applies to all of us. 1 Timothy 6, Paul calls Timothy, O thou man of God. And then he says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. This is another lovely motivation for us as Christians, yes? The Lord Jesus Christ is, first of all, coming to rapture us and take us home to glory. And then the time will come when he will return to this earth. His feet shall touch the Mount of Olives. And he, turn, he returns to judge the quick, which means the living. He judges the living and the nations uh, at his appearing and his kingdom. Now every Christian is going to be there at his appearing and his kingdom. Because he's coming with us. Yes. Tremendous motivation for us to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. All this responsibility Timothy has. And we do know that at some points he was fairly timid. And at some points the Lord or Paul had to say to him, Look, stir up 
the gift of God that is in thee. Stir it up. Fan it to a flame. Yeah, the flame's going out. Get it stirred. The gifts you've given, use them. For he says, The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but for their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears. Lots of teachers of the word of God out there are preaching rubbish and uh, not preaching the truth. And we need to discern that. And that's quite difficult when you're a young believer to discern what the teaching, is that right or is that wrong? When I was a young Christian, you would read a book and you could read the book and think, well, is this right or is this wrong? I'm not sure. <laughs> so it's important that you, you read the word of God in that context. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn unto fables. And then Paul tells Timothy four things here. Watch thou in all things. It means be sober-minded. Endure afflictions. Just the same as the apostle endured afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Get out there and preach the gospel. Make full proof of your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. We're coming back to that word, isn't it? It's very important that we fulfill things, that we finish things that the Lord has given us to do. And then we come to these very sad words at the end. Paul says, I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. Now this word means, it's likened to the drink offering. The drink offering in, when the lamb of sacrifice was made, the morning and the evening sacrifice, they poured a drink offering upon it. It also can refer to Jacob when he was sent away into Padan Aram. He lived there for a long time and experienced a lot of harsh things there as well. And the Lord told him, go back to Bethel. And when he came back to the pillar where he set off, he anointed a pillar and set off, he came back to that same pillar and he offered a drink offering upon it and it was a, to thank God for his faithfulness to him in bringing him back to his father's land faithfulness so this is Paul's expression he says I'm being poured out like a drink offering he says I have fought a good fight. And he's came through victorious. I have finished my course. It's a lovely expression, isn't it? Remember Jesus finished the work on the cross with the Father given him to do. Paul has finished his course now. He's departing. I have kept the faith. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all of them that love his appearing. Paul's likened this picture to it's like a boat in the harbour. And they're going onto the boat and they're setting sail to another shore. Picture of death, yes? You're on the boat, the boat is setting sail and you're going off into the sunset and you're going off into a new world. Heaven, yes. Picture of heaven. And Paul was martyred that day. And when he talks about the crown of righteousness, the Lord again, it was an unrighteous person that condemned him to death. But he was looking to the Lord. So these are the last words of Paul. Quite moving, isn't it? And of course, there's those who left. When you find a great man like that, he's gone. You think, how can we replace a man like that? And you can't replace Paul, really, can you? But this is why we need more and more coming through, more and more growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Taking up the baton, following the course, the Lord comes and that's when we look around and look for the young ones for those who are getting older we look for the young ones don't we who is going to take our places when we've gone unless the Lord comes and we've all gone at the same time so it's important we keep the faith preach the word Faithfully. And that's a great thing for us to do. Remember, we need grace, daily grace, to follow the Lord. As a, as a closed in prayer there, it's just, it strikes you, doesn't it, when the, the Lord turned to them and said, Will you also go away? To whom shall we go? Would you want to depart from Christ now? You would not want to depart from Christ. He is our hope. Let's close in prayer. Father, again we give thanks this morning for the preciousness of remembering our Lord Jesus Christ and how he glorified thee in thought, 